The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Some Sadducees, those who say there is no resurrection, came to Jesus and asked him a question. Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, leaving a wife but no children, the man shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers, the first married and died childless, then the second and the third married her, and so in the same way all seven died childless. Finally, the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will she be? For the seven had married her. Jesus said to them, those who belong to this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. Indeed, they cannot die anymore because they are like angels and are children of God, being children of the resurrection. And the fact that the dead are raised, Moses himself showed in the story about the bush where he speaks of the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now he is God not of the dead, but of the living. For to him all of them are alive. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Let us pray. Be with us now, O Lord. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts and voices that overflow with thanksgiving to you. In the name of the risen Christ, we pray. Amen. Several months before I relocated to Salisbury, I received a call from one of my neighbors. I could tell something was up by the exasperation in her voice. As it turns out, her five-year-old had been persistent in trying to figure out the concept of heaven since the recent death of her great-grandmother. Katie asked if I would talk to Olivia specifically about what heaven is like. The next day, I passed their home while walking my dog, and Olivia greeted me and told me that her mommy had told her that I would be able to tell her all about heaven. As we skipped down the street for a while and then chased a butterfly into a neighbor's yard, we talked about her granny. Wanting to be faithful to scripture yet honest with her, in the eyes of a five-year-old, I answered, no one really knows for sure what heaven will be like 
But here's what I do know, and that is we get to be with God forever. We won't have pain or sadness in heaven, and we will get to sing songs to God every day. And to put things in more of a practical perspective for her, I happened to mention that there would be no more boo-boos in heaven, but that idea was not received eagerly or graciously because she recognized that that meant no more Band-Aids. Seeing the world and God through children's eyes certainly keeps me on my toes. But as I reflected about my time with Olivia, I came to realize that children are not the only ones who may wonder about what heaven is going to be like. I would guess that many people including many of us, have thought about that. Today's gospel lesson opens with the Sadducees asking Jesus a question. However, unlike my sweet neighbor child, Olivia, the Sadducees were not asking Jesus out of curiosity. Using the ancient practice called Leverite marriage, as described in the book of Deuteronomy, a brother-in-law would marry his brother's widow if she were childless in order to carry on the family name. As you heard in the reading, the Sadducees crafted their question in an extreme way through a hypothetical situation where remarriage occurred for a widow seven times. The trap was set, ending with the question, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? As you would expect, Jesus saw right through the Sadducees' intent. He knew their theological and political disbelief in the resurrection, yet he offered the Sadducees two very clear and direct responses. Rather than using the nuances of the example they presented, Jesus went straight to the truth and told the Sadducees that life after resurrection would be different than life before it. Life in the age to come would not be a continuation of the current age. In the age to come, there will be no more death. Humans like angels would not die. Jesus also said that as children of God in the age to come, one's primary relationship would be with God as daughters and sons of God, as children of the resurrection. 
For Jesus to address their disbelief in the resurrection, he took a passage straight out of the Torah. Knowing that the Sadducees only acknowledged the authority of the Torah, the five books of Moses, which have no explicit references to the resurrection, Jesus reminded them of God's self-introduction to Moses at the burning bush. Remember those words, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Not I was the God, but I am. I am is the name of God in the Old Testament, and it describes God in God's fullness. And that fullness is God's eternal existence, God's supreme and unlimited power, and God's ever-presence with those who were, those who are, and those who are yet to come. With that one example, Jesus proved to the Sadducees that the dead are raised and that God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. We don't talk or preach much about the resurrection except on Easter Sunday and at funerals, though I'm not sure why. Jesus' resurrection is the most important point of our faith and of our lives. To quote one of my seminary professors in my Lutheran studies, pastor and theologian Anna Madsen said, because Jesus died but did not stay dead, everything has changed. How we view God's love and mercy, how we understand forgiveness of our sins, and how we receive the gift of life everlasting. As children of the universe, we know that death is not the end for Christ, for our loved ones, for us, or for the universe. But in the midst of our culture of mixed messages on death and the future, the gospel proclaims that life is the destiny of humanity and the world because, because Jesus defeated sin and death. And we celebrate this victory every Easter and at the communion table with the words, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Just a few moments ago, I made a very bold statement by declaring that Jesus' resurrection is the most important point of our faith and of our lives. 
And I'm going to tell you why. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is so important because it shows us the immense power of God. For those of you who look for something to study during the week or in faith formation, look up all the verses in the Bible that talk about the power of God. It was so much fun this week to read back through so many of those verses. To believe in the resurrection is to believe in God. To believe in the resurrection validates who Jesus claims he is, and he is the Messiah. The resurrection is important because it validates the Old Testament prophecies. It proves Jesus' sinless character, and it authenticates his claims that he would be raised on the third day, something that he spoke over and over again throughout the gospel stories. Jesus' resurrection isn't just a miracle that happened 2,000 years ago. It points us not only to life that is to come, but the resurrection also affects our lives every day by the living God. We can't fully understand resurrection, but we believe it. And we can be confident that we will experience it, that our loved ones will experience it, all because of the fullness of God's grace. Until then, we will remember our baptism in which we have died with Christ and have been raised with him to new life. We will come to the communion table as often as we can to receive forgiveness of our sin and Christ's body and blood that was given for us. We have the resurrection promise that there will be an end to our pain, our suffering, our grief when God creates the new heaven and the new earth. Claiming resurrection promises and sharing in God's gifts of grace made known through water and bread and wine have the power to sustain us and nourish us for each and every day and until we join God in the communion of saints throughout time and space. This is the good news that I want you to hear today and what I want you to tell yourself every day so that you can live out of the freedom and worth that is given to you in faith. Because of Jesus' resurrection, you are forgiven of all your sins.
You are given new life in Christ every day. And you, like Jesus, like your loved ones, will not stay dead. You have received the gift of eternal life. Let us remember that the power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power given to you by God to use for good for God's kingdom here on earth. Timothy Wingert, another Lutheran pastor and theologian, wrote in one of his books, The Point of Heaven and of resurrection is this, nothing, nothing can stand between believers and God's gracious love or Christ's comforting presence. This is our hope, hope that is found in a loving God through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. For Christ is not simply the reason we have hope. Christ is the content of our hope. Because Jesus lives, we live. Because Jesus lives, we can be comforted in this life, in the midst of pain, in the midst of suffering, in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of life struggles that we have, and in the midst of our grief for the losses that we can experience. Jesus lives. Jesus is the risen Christ, and it is the resurrection that gives us life and breath to love and to serve God and our neighbor. So my prayer for you, for us, is that you may experience God's gifts of resurrection peace, of resurrection joy, of resurrection confidence, and resurrection hope. Amen.